0: Welcome back to Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. We were coming to you on this Halloween day, and best believe it's got a little bit spooky in the NBA over the past 24 hours. Going to talk about some Halloween outfits that we saw. Uh, going to talk about the records of Danny's former teams, particularly the Memphis Grizzlies, who are not off to a hot start in the NBA. But of course, we all know why you're here. Uh, James Harden has been traded, and in that trade, which we will definitely discuss from both sides, the Clippers' side and the Sixers' side, Danny has now been waived from the Philadelphia 76ers. Before we talk about anything else, if you could, I'll peel back the curtain. What has the last 12 hours for you been like?
1: It's been, uh, I will not say hectic, but it's been, uh, been a bit of a roller coaster of emotions. I mean, at this point in my career, I'm, I'm used to it, H. You know, it's a... Uh, Been a lot of moving in the last five years. Yeah. But, um, you know, unfortunate timing of the situation for everybody, I'm sure. Um, But uh, it was about 2 in the morning, 2.30 in the morning. I get the call from Darryl, and he wanted me to hear from him first, so I appreciate him calling and reaching out and showing me respect. Uh, But he said there was a trade that was made. They got more players than they sent out. And unfortunately, they had to waive somebody, and my contract was the one that needed to be waived. And this is even more unfortunate. I'm 90 percent done unpacking my stuff. Mm -hmm. Two in the morning, I just took the dogs out. I come back in. I'm pretty much unpacking all day, and I think we're probably seven eighths through, probably 85 percent done and getting rid of stuff. So this happens as I'm almost done unpacking all my stuff. We just moved in. About a week ago, just got the family here about a week ago, you know, the wife, the baby, the dogs. So we just got somewhat settled in the crib for about seven days. And uh, now it's like got to figure it out. But in good news, uh, you know, I got a chance to be with the team, be with the group preseason, got a chance to show what I'm capable of, had an opportunity here. I appreciate Flair for that. And uh, they talked about, you know, maybe possibly circling and rekindling back. We don't know. Uh, but a lot of things are up in the air and figuring out, you know, what the next step is and the next move is for me. Um, but said so I was fortunate enough to be able to show other teams that I, I'm still capable and hopefully some teams take interest.
0: Yeah, I, I think well, we, there's so many different angles here. I think for me, when you you and I were texting last night, my immediate thought was, damn, yeah. Danny, just you just got your wife and, uh, and and kid over to the other side of the country.
1: Yeah. Like the, the wave situation sucks, but I think more the the, the first thought that came to mind is like, damn, I just started unpacking. Like, you know, it would have been more convenient if I got waived a week ago or, you know, before they got here. Um, it's never convenient to be waived. But so with the inconvenience of being settled and everybody just getting here was it was like that was the more damn part for me, too. I was like, damn, I just took the dog. I just started just was unpacking. I just stopped unpacking and just said, all right. Well, I guess I have no practice tomorrow, and uh,
0: <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. that's definitely the thing that that that's definitely uh, take made made me take it back. So I could only imagine you would be taking it back too. And it makes me think, just in general, when you think and, and uh, Drew, uh, Drew Holiday's wife recently made a post about this. Mm. Uh, Nick Batum's wife uh, actually made a post last night about how inconvenience, how much of an inconvenience it could be, or how cold hearted uh, the industry could be. And I'm like saying to myself, I feel this for you because I know like the excitement for you to have your first child and bring them over and bring them over from the West coast to the East coast. But I could only imagine, Danny, and obviously you've seen it, what it could be for these like family, for these, you know, NBA players who have bigger families and kids in school and all of the, it really starts. I Last night was the first time I really felt like a human when it comes to this part of the game.
1: Yeah, man. It's tough. You know, (laughs) it's what we sign up for. There's a lot of inhumane parts of the business and that's a lot Mm. of parts of businesses. It's it's a cold, you know, when you're making a lot of money and you're very successful in certain industries, there's some disadvantages and it's tough to build, keep relationships. It's tough to get close to people. Um, It's tough to have your family be comfortable because you just never know, you know, and uh, I don't think they do it on purpose. But, you know, end of the day, it's a business that to do what's best for their business. Um, a lot of times teams don't want to do certain things. They're like upset about it. But trades happen. Waves happen. Um, and, you know, certain things with numbers wise and roster spots and tax brackets and cap space. All that comes into play. Um, and instead of, it just makes it end up being said. I don't think it's, it's a, a malicious thing that they're trying to do. But it ends up being a pretty cold business and a pretty uh, insignificant situation for most of us. You know, when it comes to being traded, being waived, and having to having a move. So in the last five years, I think I moved seven times or so. This might be number eight. So, um, you know, and it makes you rethink a lot of things about your career, your your spot. Is it worth it? Do you want to keep doing this? Do you want to take a different route? Um, you know, and sometimes it can hit your confidence. But you know, I have a great foundation. Uh, my family's behind me my, my friends my group of friends are great behind me They keep me you know keep me grounded keep me confident and, and knowing that I'm very well capable of, of continuing to give this you know thing a couple good more years so uh, we'll see how it plays out
0: yeah for i mean the, I think as I you know already know how I do during every, every game that you play and I'm probably searching twitter at one point or another and I mm-hmm. think one of the main conclusions that a lot of people had from the preseason Oh, it was like, oh, Danny. Danny looks like he's back, and there were some uh, even media members who were saying, saying that you looked better. That looked as good as you did when you first before you got the first injury, uh, the ACL and the LCL injury. So, I think there, as to your point, there should be some general manager, some assistant general manager, some team scout who saw you during the preseason and said, oh, okay, this could still be a very reliable three and D player in our rotation, and I think. I, and obviously, I don't know what Nick Nurse's rotation was. And obviously, Furkan Korkmaz, um, was injured during training camp, but it had seemed to me, it, to my eyes, that you had a rotation spot on the team. And if this, if the contract situation was different with yours, obviously being non-guaranteed, if your contract situation was different, then you'd probably still be on the team. So I don't know. It's tough.
1: It is. I'd like to think the same. And you know, hopefully there are somebody out there that sees that. But yes, uh, I felt like I was in great shape. I had a good training camp. Um, and we will never know. But I'd, I'd like to think that if my contract was different, that I'd still be on the team and that I'd be in the rotation. Um, but you never know. So night in and night out, um, you with Nick, you could be first guy on the bench, depending on the matchups. You know, Milwaukee, I was... You know, first, second guy with the bench, you know, top six, seven man rotation type situation. Me and Kelly came off. Then it was Pat, you know, I'm in six, seven, eight, you know, that type of thing. And then another night, you know, he said uh, his back-to-back uh, wanted to rest me. So, um, you never know, but I, I thought I was pretty good uh, throughout training camp and I had a pretty solid rotational spot. But, you know, things change uh, throughout the year. You never know what's going to happen. And also injuries happen. So, um, it's just a uh, a lot of up and there, a lot of confusion, a lot of you know. Have to wait till the dust settles to to actually figure out uh, the real thoughts, you know.
0: You know, it's interesting. We spend in the in the media, we spend so much time talking about the big guys, the James mm-hmm. Hardens of the world, the Kawhi Leonard's of the world, the Ben Simmons of the world. All these guys, Danny, have had. Even though you're your own man for sure, mm-hmm. if you step back and think about it, these three, those three players, and obviously even more but those three players have had such a significant impact on your career, your contract situations, your rotational minutes, how you perform. It true it shows one it shows the power of superstars but it also shows that like you know obviously everybody has to be for themselves. Yeah. But in this circumstance the for example, Benson is not showing up for when he was there. It Clearly impacted the quality of shots that you were getting. It put it made you have to uh, guard uh, a different caliber type of player because you you became the primary to the point where Doc was even trying to put Matisse Thibault on them, and obviously you had I think it was the hamstring uh, you
1: were dealing with that year. Yeah, so I ended up doing that to going to the bench to coming off the bench, you know, coming off the yeah. bench. And then you didn't play well. Didn't even really, then you got got then you came back to life for
0: you know for lack of a better phrase in the playoffs. But Matisse couldn't play because of the vaccine. And then now you have the James Harden situation where it's like you you, you seem like you fit in, and you probably wouldn't even fit in better if James was going to play yeah. with the Sixers. Yeah. But he didn't like his contract situation with Philly. So he's out of there. It's again, it's just, yes, there's superstars, and we and the media will always talk about the superstars, but man, the impact that superstars can have on other players' careers. I could understand why people, and I I'm not, I'm not saying this that uh, I can understand why people were probably upset at Ben Simmons because the collateral damage of of his decision not to show up or even right now, like there could be, I don't know how you feel, but like James Harden's beef with Daryl Morey has had a significant impact on on your present career.
1: Yeah, man, the, the ripple effect is real in our league. And a lot of times the superstar is not happy. Um, it's going to affect you. Like like PJ Tucker, he's thrown into this deal. I don't know if he was wanting to be thrown into the deal or not. And for me, luckily, uh, and sometimes un- unfortunate situations where uh, I was lucky enough to be traded to Toronto, but you know that wasn't my decision as well. But I, I'm glad I did. I'm glad I went, and I'm glad I had a hell of a year. Um, and DeKawai's decision to not go back to Toronto was it had an effect on free agency. Uh, you know Ben's decision, James's decision. James getting traded, um, brought some other people with him. Also, my contract, what it is, I I wasn't able to stay. So there's a a huge ripple effect that happens throughout the league. Um, not just me and not just guys on the current roster and the roster that they're going to, but throughout the whole, because now other teams may have freed up roster spaces, now they have to make moves. You know, a lot of teams this summer are waiting on Dame to be traded. A lot of teams waiting on James. So there's so many free agents just waiting you know, to be signed by these teams that are not trying to make any moves because of these two guys. When KD got traded, I think that had a ripple effect on the league as well. Mm-hmm. And Memphis makes the trade now. Memphis is like, all right, we got to scramble, make something happen. They get Luke Kennard. Uh, now I have to move again. You know, so that type of situation. So, so many different things that have happened that have ripple effect on the role players for sure.
0: Yeah, it's uh, quite a unique circumstance. we right, we're. Well, I'm sure there will be a multitude of follow ups. Uh, I. I don't think we need to say this, but uh, I think you can just go ahead and clarify. That's that's not the last we'll see of Mr. Green on a basketball court.
1: No, nah, it's not the last you'll see of me, man. I, I'm not one of those. I didn't do all this damn rehab to just go home and and chalk it up for retirement. I'm a, I still have a lot left. I mean, a lot of the, the guys express that. A lot of coaches express that. You know, you have a. They think I have more years than I think I have. But you know, like you look really good. You have definitely a lot to give. So. I definitely have some years to give, and I plan on giving them as best I can before I call it quits and and hang up the shoes.
0: Yeah, I I, I will be. I'm not your agent, but I have been scouring uh, roster spots over the NBA already. So we'll we'll talk off air about that. Uh, with sure. that being, with that being said, uh, let's talk about the actual deal now. Let's actually break this down, right? Uh, let mm-hmm. me pull up my phone here because the the deal and got a little bit convoluted. Um, yeah. let's see here. Sorry, I got too many text messages. Pick right swaps. Yeah, Covington, so, so, yeah.
1: Marcus Morris, yeah. KJ Martin, Nicholas Batum, or James Harden, PJ Tucker, and Philip with an F, Perchavez.
0: Yes. Philip Perchavez, Harden, Tucker for Batum, Marcus Morris Jr., Robert Covington, KJ Martin, a 2020 unprotected first round pick, Two second round picks and a 2029 pick swap and a 2026 first round pick from OKC.
1: So, what do you? My question to you is: I don't want to give my thoughts on it yet, but what do you think about the trade? Who do you think won the trade? That's what I want to know. Who, who do you think won the trade? You think that was enough for James? No, it's not enough for James. Not enough okay. because I, I I
0: understand that. For, well, first of all, the situ in my opinion, the situation shouldn't have gotten to where it was. With James, that's mm-hmm. you know, that's obviously the first mistake. Because if the situation never got there, then you probably get more in return. Uh, with that mm-hmm. being said, too, I, again, I understand James was seen as a diminished asset. So I have two things. Number one, was that deal not going to be there at the trading deadline? There's nothing. I, I personally, and again, I'm not a general manager. I personally don't think there's anything significant enough that would have that wouldn't have been available at the trading deadline. Number two, okay. uh. We know what James Harden's superpower is for this current, uh, for the past, for his past, 76ers team. It was being mm-hmm. an elite playmaker history. He led the league in assists last year. It's part of the reason why Joel got MVP, all those short rolls to the rim, that little mid-range jumper that Joel got. That was James Harden's bread and butter. Joel B does have to thank James Harden for a lot of the situations uh, that he was put in last year offensively. There is no point guard added in this hall of picks. Now, I understand Tyrese Maxey is seen as like the the future of the franchise and this, that, and the third, but he's not a pure point guard. He's a scoring guard. So Mm -hmm. I still think that the the biggest issue that wasn't – the biggest issue that I see with the current Sixers was a pure playmaker, which the trade doesn't doesn't, uh, address, and then this deal would have been on the table at the trade deadline, in my opinion. Now, you put yourself in a situation where – you have to capitalize on this package uh, by the trade deadline. One would think, because you know what's going to happen, Danny. You already heard the rumors before the season even started. New York is waiting. New York mm-hmm. is hoping that this thing falls apart in Philly. Whether Maxi doesn't develop as a playmaker, whether MB just grows frustrated with the process while seeing you know the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks continue to elevate. Um, or and here's the other thing too, and this is and maybe and maybe this is why. Daryl felt compelled to take this deal at the moment that he did. I don't know. I haven't talked to Daryl at all. Maybe he said, because James Harden called me a liar in public, I don't want the public perception of me to be negative going into free agency. Because as it stands right now, especially with P.J. Tucker's $11 million coming off the the 76ers books for next year, he had a player option. The Sixers can have Joel Embiid, one max, another max player, another Max player, and extend Tyrese Maxey. That, that is... The the cupboard could be bare in a very good way. And if oh. other players, other big-time free agents are thinking, oh, I can't trust Darryl Morey, look how he did James Harden, mm-hmm. then maybe they're not willing to come over there. So I can understand it by that. But it's going to take, a, for me, it's uh, a long way of saying, for me, it's going to take a long time for the Sixers to be winners of this trade. Whereas okay. the, the Clippers... I think they win immediately. Yes, I don't know how the hell James Harden and Russell Westbrook work in the same backcourt together, but I think Ty Lue is one of those coaches. If there's there's very few coaches I think can figure it out, Ty Lue would be one of them. And for I think sure. hey, you, they have two. They have a lot of talent over there in in LA. It's going to be hard to figure out how it works, but that's a problem I would like to have.
1: For sure, hundred percent. And a lot of times they do have unhealthy games, unhealthy days where some of those guys to be sitting out, and you have you make up for it. And you know they're all. Um, not going to be together every game. There's going to be games where Kawhi sits, PG sits, um, and then you still have Russ and, and James playing. But I do have some follow-ups to the question. And, they, and let me add them too. And it was reported that the Sixers really wanted Terrence Mann, they didn't even
0: mm-hmm. get Terrence Mann out the deal. So it's a lot of pressure that the the, the that the front office has to make that haul of picks and
1: and all that make that worth something. First follow-up question: Why, why would you wait till the deadline to make the trade? Because maybe something else better happens. Is the it's the NBA <laughs> anything could happen? All right. So James, what part of James' situation do you are speaking of for the fans? I'm asking all these questions for the fans. Um, what part of the situation don't you? Would you not allow to get to that point? And what part are you speaking of exactly?
0: I personally would have liked to think that my relationship would have considering the long term relationship that they had it wouldn't have soured uh to the point where I'd be publicly called a me liar. Lady. Okay. Yeah. That's because now you're killing my public perception, which is going to which could potentially make it difficult for me to move forward in doing other uh, other aspects of business considering the cachet that James Harden has. I wish I could comment more, but I don't know all the details. Right? If I did, I'm sure I'd say a lot more.
1: Third follow up, do you think this is the end of the deal? Do you think Philly takes this package that they have? and continues to make another move for that second playmaker point guard um, that they're looking for. Maybe a Malcolm Brogdon that is in a spot in Portland that he, I'm sure that they were talking about trying to deal So I'm seeing a lot of Twitter talking about uh, Zach Levine,
0: and I don't think that's a necessary move. Mm-hmm. I Granted, Zach Levine is a talented player, but I don't think that's – and That doesn't address the issue that I would see with the Philadelphia
1: 76ers, which is playmaking. For sure, and it's it's Another, not to say that point th- guard is What you're saying?
0: Yeah, and it's not to say that either Tyrese Maxey can't develop into one, or it's mm-hmm. not to say they can kind of go the route that the Denver Nuggets do, where Jamal Murray is not a pure point guard, but he plays point guard because Nikola Jokic is also helping with the passing. Facilitation. Game you, yeah, Yeah, and we've seen it so far this year. He's second facilitator.
1: Before. Yeah,
0: yeah. Joe Embiid has been a way more a willing facilitator. Um, he struggled with some turnovers at times, but he's been a, people. If people will cut, he's actually hitting them with the ball. Tyrese Maxey doing a better job at playmaking, so maybe they just say we will trust the development of these two. But considering considering the circumstances, considering ha- the, the Bucs roster, considering the Celtics roster, I'm not waiting for development anymore. Joe Embiid mm-hmm. is clearly in his prime, and I personally would not want to waste any more years of that prime. On a what if? Yeah, give me a sure thing. That's what That's I would true. want to do. Considering Joel B's status where he is now, agreed. It's tough
1: for sure. You answered all my questions, my man. <laughs> it's a interesting trade, and we have to wait till dust settles to see how it plays out. Um, and it's a it's a good problem, Tyloo, to have all those talented players and figure it out from there. Philly has some good pieces too, where they I think they lacked. Uh, you know, wing depth and length. I think they filled that void, but they're just looking for a playmaker. So, um, you know, I think it's a pretty fair trade for both sides. We just have to see how it plays out.
0: Yeah, I mean, from, from a, it, it does feel like a Nick Nurse roster because it's mad wings now, mm-hmm. and there's a guy you can go to in isolation in Joel, and there's a and there's a point guard who could score the ball at times in, in, in Tyrese Maxey. So it feels like a Nick Nurse team. Uh, they, I, I would almost say they might have too many wings. But I guess it's really mm-hmm. not a that's really not a bad thing to have
1: um yeah. per se I think at the end of the show we'll have to get into those options that you were talking about when you were looking at the roster spots we'll have to get into that at some point before we get off the air yeah
0: maybe 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 you shouldn't go to wax yeah well we'll'll we'll, we'll, I'm sure there'll be more follow-ups on this whole drama and I will say this though too Danny uh it's interesting and again I've been working in the media for a while I find it interesting that so many people have it used to be, The team that gets the best player wins the trade, right? Mm -hmm. But in this instance, the popular thing to say is the Sixers won the trade, at least by the media members. And it goes back to the point that I've made on the show a multitude of times. When you have an agent or you have good PR, it truly impacts how people perceive things. Because it always used to be the team that gets the best player won the trade. But in this instance, because everybody hates James Harden and forgets to... Forgets huh. to remember that he's still a Hall of Famer. Twenty ten, twenty one eleven. Yeah. The, tra- yeah, the Clippers, lo- the Clippers lost the trade.
1: Uh, yes, they
0: they they created a problem for themselves, but they created a good problem.
1: For sure, for sure, hundred yeah. percent.
0: All right, we're gonna keep going around the NBA when we come back. Pick and roll segment up next, right here on Inside the Green Room. with Inside the Green Room. Let's get to the pick and roll, please. Danny, you know what time it is. Let's get to the vibes. Uh, The NBA unveiled new courts for the in-season tournament as a way to brand the new in-season tournament. Looking forward to see how it all pans out. I I think some of the courts look good. Some of them, I could do without. Uh, Here's here's my question for you. Name the teams in the NBA that cannot cannot do a rebranding. Like for example, so like this again, this in-season tournament is a way to brand yeah. the tournament, make it feel yeah. brand new to give it some significance. Name the yeah. teams or the brands that cannot do a rebranding. Like for example, you know I'm a Yankee fan. You can't you can't change the Yankee logo. You they always have to wear yeah. pinstripes. You know what I'm saying? So
1: yeah. what name the teams that cannot. I'm gonna go with the big major cities that have won a lot of championships, like Boston Celtics, Los Angeles Lakers, Golden State Warriors. Chicago Bulls, San Antonio Spurs. Is there, How many is that? that I I feel like
0: the, yeah, that's what? That's five, six?
1: Well, the Spurs can now because they're... they're. I guess they can a little they're bit. The not new, really, they're in I, a new era. They're in a new era. Yeah, Miami Heat, maybe. You know, those, those are my teams that I see as teams that can't really rebrand because they've been around for so long and they've been winning for so long and their brand is their brand. And to change yeah. it, it, would be kind of weird.
0: Yeah. Did you ever, did you see that, um, you see that tweet from Kyle Kuzma? He had made a comment about the new jerseys that came out and he basically said he's kind of tired of all these alternate jerseys coming out because it's kind of losing uh, the nostalgia of the old, it's kind of losing its, when you keep on coming out with these alternate yeah. jerseys, it really kind of loses the flair of what of these the original, jerseys used to be. The originality be.
1: Yes. of the city, of the brand, of the jersey of the teams that started it all. And that's what we all grew up because as kids, is what we grew up watching, what we wanted to wear, those jerseys. Those are the jerseys we remember. And mm-hmm. we're getting kind of further and further away from that. Um, a lot of kids, a new generation is never going to know or recognize when it comes back around what the yeah. old brands look like. I know a lot of Sixers
0: fans, while they might have liked the newer uh, the newer jerseys that came out, the City of Brotherly Loved Ones, they'll a lot of Sixers fans are saying, when are they just going to bring back the Allen Iverson ones? Just mm. bring those back and everybody be happy. But that's yeah. hey, you, you know how the business goes. All right, topic sure. number two. Uh, Tuesday night, Halloween night, starts a back-to-back between the New York Knicks and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Obviously, you're familiar with that playoff series from last year. Yeah. The one thing that caught a lot of people off guard or caught people's attention rather yet at the end of the series, Jared Allen said the brights, the lights might have been too bright, which is quite the quote, especially for New York Knicks fans to hear. So, mm-hmm. let me ask you a question. It's a game seven. Let me give you a starting five of the players who are well accustomed to the bright lights. Players yeah. who have won the most NBA championships per position. That is still current. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry, four at point guard. Klay Thompson, four at shooting guard. LeBron, Four at small forward. Draymond yeah. Green, four Ooh. at power forward, Javel McGee with three at seven. Oh, well, yeah, with three at seven. Yeah.
1: Yes. All right. I think that's correct.
0: Yeah, that is correct. I, I looked it up before the show. That's your starting five. The all-bright lights team. Steph, mm-hmm. Clay, LeBron, Dre, and Javelle mm-hmm. in a game seven of the 2024 NBA Finals. I'm making it up, obviously. Do you take that five? or any of the five in the
1: league? Ooh, I'm taking that five. I'm taking that five. Um, there might be one set of five that I would take that's a little bit younger, but I'm taking that five. The other five would have to be constructed of all your top all-star put, like guys at Giannis, Jokic, you know, KD, Book, you know, that type of situation. Um I think but you yeah, could, you think
0: could that, make a five that could beat them for sure, but yeah. I think to it
1: to, to, to point, Jared yeah, Allen's point, you gotta be yeah. you gotta be used to the lights. You gotta have experience. And I'm taking that five against any five any day of the in the history of the game. I'm taking that five, you know. Uh, that's a that's a good five to have.
0: I like that. I wouldn't do it in a full I wouldn't do it in a full playoff series. I'll I'll find another lineup that could beat them in a full playoff series, probably.
1: Yeah. But well, in you a one it. in a in, in a, a game, game seven, seven. Yeah, I'm taking that five. Okay, there
0: you go. Danny's taking Steph, Clay, Lebron, Dre, and Javale McGee in a winner takes all game because they're used to the bright lights. All right, final question of our pick and roll. Going to keep it short and sweet today. Miami Mm -hmm. and Memphis are combined one and seven. Danny combined one and seven to start the season. Meanwhile, uh, two teams that didn't make the playoffs last year are playing well. Indianapolis uh, Pacers, New Orleans Pelicans are combined four and two. End of the season. Who has a better combined record? The Grizzlies and and Heat or the Pelicans and Pacers? Mind you, again, Grizzlies and Heat made the playoffs last year, but significant absences from their roster. No Steven Adams, no Brandon Clark, John Morant suspended for 25 games, no Max Struess, no Gabe Vincent. On the other side, you got the Pelicans getting back Zion Williamson. The Pacers, assuming they have full health here, Tyrese Halliburton and a second year, a Benedict Matherin. So, one more time, Grizzlies Heat, Pacers Pelicans, combined
1: record. Who is the best at the end of the season? I still think the Grizzlies Heat find a way just because of the culture. Um, they know how to win. I think the other teams are still trying to figure out or find a way. And it all depends, like you said, on the health wise. And the biggest thing issue for me, health wise, is not the guys, you, it's more Zion and Brandon Ingram. Because I think mm. New Orleans has a very talented team, very good team. But they're so up and down with the health that it's hard for them to continue. I think Indiana's going to be really good this year. Well, a lot better than they were last year. So I think they're going to hold up their end. I think New Orleans is going to be a tough team to hold up their end to keep the combined wins above Miami and Memphis. Memphis is going to struggle a little bit early on. So is Miami. But they always find a way to figure it out because they have the culture of winning. Yeah, Bismack Biamba was added to the Grizzlies roster. I don't know how
0: much that's going to do for them, but they do need another big body uh, down there for sure. I do like the Pacers, and I think they're a sneaky team to get a top six seed in the Eastern Conference, especially Mm -hmm. if Halliburton plays at an all-star level, which he did last year. Mathurin, second year. Miles Turner says he wants to be in the all-star game. It's in Indianapolis this year. Provide a little bit, even more motivation, and Bruce Brown, who just won a championship with the Denver Nuggets. I'm gonna lean towards lean towards the Pelicans and the Pacers. Okay. I think the Pacers is gonna, I think the Pacers mess around and have like 38 this is wins. Gonna have a great. 38, gonna have a great 39 season. wins or so at least. Yeah. But New Orleans and is gonna be. I'm gonna put some trust in Zion. I'm gonna put some okay. trust in Zion. All right. When we come back, it is Halloween. So uh, we're going to look at some of the best outfits we've seen so far. And Danny will take us into the life of what it is to be in a locker room during Halloween as an NBA player. Be right back. Hope you guys enjoy your Halloween nights. Only three games on the NBA schedule on Tuesday. So enough time to maybe get out there trigger treating before we get into some of the things we saw in the NBA on Monday or over the weekend, rather yet for a Halloween weekend. uh, Danny, do you have a distinct a distinct memory of your of a Halloween party celebration? uh, Or Can you just tell us what it is or what teams usually do when it comes this time of year?
1: Yes. Um, the most recent one, you know, Braun is a big Halloween fan. I'm sure if you don't know, most people do know, you know that. And yeah, now, you know, and every year he, this is one of his welcome to the team, welcome to the season type of thing. Um, he throws a party as a, a, you know, party for the team and his, his friends, which are like big time celebrities. <laughs> um, so yeah, a little private party. We all had some great costumes. I remember being in LA. That was the most recent one. There's a couple of ones that stand out, but this is the most recent, had a lot of fun. Um, he does well for the Halloween and for his birthday, which is right around Christmas time or new year's time. So it's like a new year's brand part, like new year's and birthday party for him. But the the Halloween one is like, you know, Family come together. We're part of our team. Now we start the season. Let's build some trust. Nick Nurse does a thing as well. We we did it in Toronto. We visited, I'm gonna say a haunted, but it was like a big ass castle. It was kind of haunted. We did a team thing, dressed up in costumes. I was the Riddler. But the one in LA, um, we did and there were some really great costumes. I remember Quinn Cook being Kodak Black. I remember Dwight being Respucia from uh Eddie Murphy's, um, you know, you, know, movie, don't, you know. don't know, him. you know, I don't know, we you don't know, I don't any know movies, movies, man. come on, what are we doing? Um, there was some good, funny ones, man, some really good ones. Even Mikey, his trainer was a penguin from Batman. was a really good costume. He was Edward Scissorhands. Brown was Edward Scissorhands. Um, so there was some, some good costumes, man. We had a lot of fun and some, some great people, great company. Uh me and wifey, she was black widow and I was, um, what's the name? Not green arrow, but, uh, I'm drawing blanks here with all the, the the names for these characters, but one of the Avengers that has the bow and arrows—that's who I was. I'm trying to remember his name at the time. Do you know? Uh, come on, bro. Come on.
0: Does does Win Charlie. have does Win does Win have a Halloween get up today?
1: Uh, no, we were going to do the Halloween party tonight with oh, the team. Sh- God damn! Uh, unfortunately, I'm no longer yes. so. <laughs> And actually it wasn't going to be a Halloween party for him anyway. Cause it wasn't for kids. We'd had to get a nanny, yeah. but I did before I asked them, I asked them if it was for kids, but I ordered costumes for, if it was a family thing. Mm. And I ordered me to be Alan from hangover and the baby outfit we would have had him as the baby outfit with the glasses. Mm. Um, could have been kind of a last minute thing. Um, also have Chucky outfit Wife he has bride Chucky we had a family thing it was another option of me being him being Winnie the Pooh because yeah you know my mom his grandma now uh calls him Pooh as a nickname type thing isn't it Win, Winnie the Pooh mm-hmm. and I would have been I would have been Tigger I think wife would have been Piglet we had a couple ideas we just hadn't put anything together formed it um luckily and unluckily don't have to now uh yeah just be home chilling and uh Figuring out the the repacking situation. Jeez, nah, bro. I I know you're you're the type of guy who likes to sort away
0: your own stuff and like pack it because you like to be organized. Yeah, but so this, bro.
1: another I, funny story. I, I'm paying. I'm paying. So after doing all that, I'm paying somebody to do it. Now. Another funny story. When I got in, we got into the house. Nice place. Love it. It's amazing. It's beautiful. And they asked me, the owner of the house, we're leasing, renting from them. They're like, do you want somebody to like, help you? But no, we kind of like our own stuff a certain way. Da, da, da. Um, it was a long first day. I had to move the family out of the hotel into the house. And we got here, did all that stuff. I opened up four boxes and was like, man, what the hell am I doing? I'm a, I'm a somebody. <laughs> I texted her like, I'm going to take up on that offer. I need to hire somebody. <laughs> And they weren't, they weren't available. They oh. weren't available right away, so we still had to continue. We had some people help break down boxes, but we still kind of did it. Wifey was a beast. She got through so many boxes. We got some the first day, we knocked out like half of stuff, and then it's by day three or four, like three quarters of it was done. So we got it done fairly quickly, and we didn't need their help. We kind of just did our homes and organized it the way we like to organize it. So if if and if I have to move again, when I do, I'm for sure. Hiring people to do that yeah, type yeah, of shit. Gotta hire, yeah, you could over you could ass, oversee
0: them. You could you could watch them. But don't be picking up man. no more boxes, man. man. Open up boxes. I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even imagine. I, I'm like I might stay in this apartment for the rest of my life, Danny, because I don't want to. Moving
1: that many times. So we <laughs> like our stuff a certain way, but man, moving that many times is like, man, I don't care where you put the shit. Just put it out somewhere.
0: Yeah. <laughs> for sure. All right, let's go through these uh Halloween outfits that we saw real quick and then we'll uh then we'll, then we'll just say goodbye. Uh, we'll, well, I'll ask you to rank it as a trick or a treat. Uh, let's go to LeBron James first. I don't know if this is from his most recent party, but it, it is his most recent post. Uh, yeah. Trick or treat here. What we got? Do you know who that is? That's, uh, what's his name? That's, uh, Beetlejuice, ain't it?
1: Yes, that's Beetlejuice. Yeah. Yes, that's Beetlejuice. I think he did a great job. I'm a big fan of that. That's a good one. Um, what now you say trick or treat for which now you say trick or tr- trick like treat If it, it's good yeah, i think yeah. it's a good one i think that's a that's a great one It's a treat i guess i would assume that's a treat
0: yeah, yeah. okay no that works yeah well. see i'm i've never i'm never been the one once once for me once the halloween get up goes to like paint in my face i'm out like you know like i am do with it. like so
1: when you're done doing what you're doing you have time and you have like a good costume person like he has I won't say he has time but he's a good costume person that you can go to I feel like when we're retired and we're old, Harrison, we'll, we'll celebrate the holidays a little bit differently. We'll put together a no. better outfit. Um, it's not. It's not one. Paint is once a little bit st- much. But yeah. You once I got start changing somebody. my color,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not changing my color, bro. I keep this black skin. Nah, going. He did a hell of a job. He did. <laughs> he, did job. he did. He did. Hey, teaches yeah. their own. teaches their own. Uh, yeah. All right. uh... All right, now we got down to Kumbô. Came through like the,
1: uh, I guess he's the Hulk. party city. is the Hulk guy. Yeah. He's want to grab some gloves and a mask. That's that's a that's a trick. But I mean, he did he did the impressions well at the podium. I saw that. It was dope. Now he played into the role. But uh he gotta go a little, did, gotta go a little gotta, bit harder, in my opinion. He's gotta find a costume person. He has enough money now. He can find a good costume person in Milwaukee <laughs> to every year. Make sure he's on point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: All yeah. right, let's go to the let's go to the final winning. Jose Alvarado with the Saw character. I like yeah, this one, Danny.
1: That's nah, dope. We've seen Steph do that a couple of years ago. Um that every time oh, does Steph it, did
0: it before? Oh, yeah, He, he a had a bigger bike though. He never, I would not say uh, copycat because it's a
1: you gotta get a bigger bike though. But he did it. That's a that's a, yeah, treat, right that. a, that's bigger, a good one. <laughs> he gotta, get, does a gotta get
0: a bigger bike. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, if you guys are listening to this podcast and you don't understand what Danny and I are talking about, uh, it means you need to go to our YouTube page. So you can see some of the video that Danny and I are reacting to inside the green room on YouTube. And by the way, Danny, final costume of the day. Come on, bro. Yeah, my boy Carlton. I got the yeah. I got the, no, no. Come on, Will don't Smith. hate.
1: It's the Will Smith jersey, but Those you gotta Alpsons, play Carlton, yeah. bro. You're not tall enough and light skinned enough to be, to be, uh, you know, man, the fresh I'm, prince.
0: I'm, as, I, as I said, I'm not painting, I'm not touching my face, I'm not changing my color,
1: so uh, you don't have <laughs> to you just, just be Carlton. <laughs> you gotta get a you got a different jersey number. Is it called? He shot the half court shot, <laughs> lost the game, <laughs> <laughs> didn't get it. <laughs> uh,
0: all right, guys, uh, it's been, as always, uh, a pleasure rocking with you guys. Appreciate you guys tuning and again and watching and following all the things you have to do in this new world. Uh, we'll be back next week, uh, either Wednesday or Thursday with a new episode of Inside the Green Room. And who knows? And hopefully
1: I'll be with a new team. We'll see. Yeah,
0: exactly. Who knows how this world turns in this 2023-2024 NBA season. We'll see you guys next time.
1: Read, rate, subscribe, review. Yes, sir. Happy Halloween.